Let me invite you to take your Bible and let's turn to Judges chapter number 16. Judges chapter number 16. I read where a number of years ago there was a British Navy was involved in some peacetime maneuvers at sea that involved a column of cruisers. And they were steaming along in formation when a signal was given to execute a 90-degree turn. The maneuver went off flawlessly except for one cruiser. <laughs> and uh, that captain missed the signal somehow. The ship almost collided with the one on uh, the front, and when it swerved to avoid a collision, the whole convoy was thrown into confusion. And only, only some very skilled seamanship by the other captains prevented a serious accident. When some order had been regained, the admiral sent a message to the captain who had caused all the trouble and said, quote, Captain, what are your intentions? Immediately the captain replied, Sir, I intend to buy a farm. He knew he had messed up and uh, it, would be, it just cost him his naval career. And so he'd already, already uh, understood that. Thankfully, the Christian life is not like serving in the British Navy. Aren't you glad? Uh, if, if it were, then most of us would have trouble, uh, and we, we would have been in trouble, in fact, a long time ago. But there are some who would have us to believe that we can live as we please without concern for consequences. Of course, we know that's not the case either. And as we close the book on the life of Samson tonight, we want to see one more lesson that we can learn from his life. And we've been, I've been saying his wasted life because he didn't take advantage of the things that he was afforded. And the lesson we want to learn tonight is facing failure in life. How do we face our failures? Last week we left Samson. Uh, he's, in the, he's been laboring away in the Philistine prison house. Okay. Uh, he had been blinded, bound, and was grinding at the wheel like an animal. And he had been uh, betrayed and sold out by the woman he loved. He was at the mercy of his lifelong enemies who took joy in just abusing him. And Samson was one who was, we know, he was chosen by the Lord to be the leader for his people. Uh, the Lord chose him even before he was born. <laughs> and uh, Samson had so much potential for doing great and mighty things for the Lord and his people. But at this point, he was in the cruel hands of his enemies and had, had to be led from place to place. And no doubt he felt like there would be nothing more to his life than the day-to-day -day grinding of his life away. But then we read uh, these incredible words in Judges 16 and verse number 22. It says, Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. Uh, before we read the rest of the chapter, I think it would be good for us to clarify a couple of things. When we look at a passage of Scripture, what we get from it is often determined um, by where we are at personally, spiritually speaking. Okay? That's why we can read one section of a Bible at one point and come back some sometime later and see something that we didn't see in a previous time. We might be going through something and it opens up something else to us. And before I prepared this series of messages, I, you know, I thought I would knew this story pretty well, but I found out that I didn't know the story of Samson as well as I thought I did. So anyway, the lesson we need from this passage is facing failure in life. But let's clarify what we're talking about when we use the word failure. What is this failure that we're talking about? Well, 
The failure that we are addressing tonight is not failing a test or assignment at school. I know school started back for a lot of kids, and most of the, I think most all of them back in school now. And uh, if they're like I, did, I, I am, I never did like whenever I got anything less than an A. You know, if, if I failed, especially, which was very, very seldom uh, that I failed anything, uh, it was very uh, traumatic to me. I felt like a failure. But that's not the failure we're talking about. And we're not talking about the failure of being passed over for promotion on the job and, or not reaching a sales goal. We're not talking about missing the winning basket or goal in some game. We're not talking about going off for your diet and splurging and gaining a few pounds back. We, we, just, we just witnessed that in our own personal lives. Yeah. Amen. Uh, all these might be a legitimate use of the word failure. But they are not what we're talking about. The failure we're addressing is Samson, in Samson's life is a moral failure. He had a moral failure. We're talking about when sin gains control of our lives. He allowed his fleshly desires to get the best of him is what he did. And we're talking about when we are at the crossroad of temptation and we choose to just give in to the temptation. And that's what he did. We're talking about failing to be all of what the Lord would have us to be. And, and I'm sure the, the Lord had higher aspirations for Samson in his life, but he knew that Samson wasn't going to live up to those. You know? But I think about my own life. You know, the Lord had, probably has greater expectations of me too. Um, I, I pray that I can live up to what he desires, but I know that uh, even in my best days, I still fail him. Now, with that in mind, let's read the rest of the chapter. Uh, Judges 16, verse number 22. Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon their God, and to rejoice, for they said, Our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. Think about that. Uh, this, this idol that's not anything. They were praising this idol that wasn't anything. Uh, the only one that's worthy of praise is the Lord God who is the only God. Now verse um, 24 says, And when the people saw him, when they saw Samson, they praised their God. For they said, Our God hath delivered into our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country which slew many of us. And it came to pass when their hearts were merry that they said, Call for Samson, that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport. And they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. Remember, there's five lords of the Philistines that paid good money to Delilah to get Samson in this predicament. And well, they're all there, okay? And we're uh, upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, Remember me, I pray thee. This is only the second time we've seen Samson pray. Okay? 
Uh, o Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up of the one with his right hand, of the other with his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the Lord's. Uh, those five guys got there just due. And upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew, I want you to think about this, the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. You know, he's been judged, been giving them a hard time for 20 years. Think of, just think of the ones that he slew during the, in the scripture that we have read thus far. Look at verse 31. Then his brethren and all the house of his father came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Esdaol uh, in the burying place of Manoah his father. And he judged Israel 20 years. Well, um, first thing I want us to see is that when, when we're tempted with moral failure, don't give in. That was Samson's problem. We see that Samson's sin exacted this heavy cost in his life. Samson brought reproach on God. We read there in verse 23 and verse 24. Here you have these wicked Philistines praising a, a God that's not a God for having delivered Samson into their hands. Actually, Samson's the one that delivered Samson <laughs> into their hands. Um, these are people, you know, he, here he gave these unbelievers reason to boast in their idols. Uh, th these are people who not only didn't know God, but now they had reason to be confirmed in their unbelief. Yeah. Uh, every one of us, listen, every one of us has an impact upon the lives of people around us, whether that be for good or for bad. And when you think about that, I mean, the Second Corinthians five twenty a says, says that we are we are now then we are ambassadors for Christ. We're to be ambassadors. We we represent Christ. What kind of representation do we give of Christ in the world? Paul's saying that believers represent Christ, and I think he's bringing that to mind so that we might understand how we need to watch ourselves. We need to remember that we bear Christ's name. Our life is on display for others to view. Whether we like it or not, we are a living example that men will measure our Savior by. Can't tell you how, how many times in the, the, over the years that I've been in church that I've heard somebody uh, that's not a part of church talk about somebody that's in the church and say, well, that person's the reason I'm not, I won't go to church. You know, they, 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 they're not for real. And the, we know that the prophet Nathan uh, speaking to David about his sin, in 2 Samuel twelve fourteen said, by this deed, by, by, by David's sin of adultery and murdering Uriah the Hittite, he said, by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. And that can be the case in our lives as well. And may the Lord help us keep ourselves from doing that which brings down his great name. Samson brought ridicule to himself. 
Can you imagine what it must have been like for Samson to be brought out and as the text says, made sport of for them? The, the, the word sport here means that they were laughing and mocking at him. Um, now the Bible doesn't tell us all that was involved in that, but we can imagine what it must have been like. None of us like ridicule. None of us like to be laughed at or mocked, but I'm sure they involved some, some, uh, somebody poking at him too and uh, different things going on there. These people were cruel, and now we see why they didn't kill him. They wanted to taunt him and make fun of him while exalting their God. So Samson brought reproach on God. He brought ridicule on himself. And then Samson brought shame and heartache to his family. Uh, there in verse 31, well, directly, indirectly speaks of this. Indirectly. Okay? After his, his death, his family came and prepared his body for burial near his, his father's grave. And this is the first that we learn of Manoah's death. Uh, Manoah had been a godly man, had a godly wife, and they had honored the Lord, and they were blessed to be able to, to have Samson. And Manoah died knowing only the shame and dishonor of a son who lived life on the edge and thereby largely wasted what the Lord had given him. Tried to talk him out of his wickedness several times. And... Um, and Samson wouldn't listen to him. But uh, when, when tempted with moral failure, don't give in. Second thing I want us to see is if we are experiencing the consequences of a personal moral failure, don't become bitter toward the Lord. See, our first reaction to chastisement is to try to escape it. I remember growing up as a kid, and uh, my dad believed in the belt, mama believed in the... Uh, and the switch, okay? Uh, we had plum, plum switches because we had plum trees. I know a lot of folks went with peaches. We didn't have peaches, even though we lived in south, southeast Georgia. Uh, plums are what grew on our property. And so she would make us go out and, and, and get the... We better bring back a good one, too. Okay, we had to go out and get, get, get the, the switch. And then uh, she would hold on to us and start flailing... Okay, and we're doing this number, <laughs> trying to get away. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, you, you try to you try uh, to get away from that chastisement. Um, why? Because it's it's natural to want to avoid discipline, but God's word tells us that discipline is for our good. Hebrews twelve verse number eleven says, "Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous." And we say amen to that, <laughs> but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. I'm glad that my parents disciplined me coming up. I see undisciplined kids a lot of times in the world that we live in today, and it shows. Uh, I have no respect. Um, and uh, they, uh, they, I, an undisciplined life leads to undisciplined living. Um, our second reaction to chastisement is to become bitter at the one who meets it out. And how many times have children gotten bitter at mom or dad over a spanking or maybe or, or, or someone else over some other form of chastisement? Well, the same is true with God's chastisement. Sometimes folks become bitter against God because of it. Our reaction to chastisement should be to learn from the experience 
and let it mature us. Amen. Uh, to his credit, as far as we can see here in Scripture, Samson didn't become bitter toward God. There was no sense in it because it wasn't God's fault that he was in the position he was in. I would imagine he had plenty of time to evaluate how he came to be harnessed to the grinding wheel of the Philistines. Probably played it over and over in his mind how he got there. We don't see him whine and complain about how God surely must not love him. I believe he came to a point of confession, even though we're not, we don't read of it here, but I do believe he came to a point of confession, acknowledging his sin before God and found forgiveness. And I believe it came, he came to the realization that it was his own sin and careless actions that brought him to his present predicament. But he knew that God could still use him. Uh, you know, he, he, of course, not like before. Um, and th- that's the third thing I want us to see, is if we failed there can still be hope for the future. Okay, If we failed, there still can be hope for the future. When we really blow it bad, that may cause us to wonder if God can ever use us again. And the answer to that question is absolutely yes. No, Samson's eyesight was not restored. No, Samson would never be able to serve as judge over Israel again the way the Lord wanted and called him to do. Um, listen, I'm glad that our living for Jesus Christ is not one failure and you're out. <laughs> Amen. I'd have, I'd have been in trouble a long time ago. But now, now God will use us in some way. And it, it really um, depends on the facts and circumstances of what we did as to how we can be used. Samson failed and failed miserably. But God was still with him. And he is always there for us, even in our failure. Uh, We remember Jonah cried out from the belly of the whale. Jonah messed up, didn't he? Well, he messed up, and God did deliver him from the belly of the whale. We know Peter was convinced that his life was worthless following his denial of Christ. Christ came to him and said, Feed my sheep, in John chapter 21. Uh, Perhaps Samson thought God was finished with him as well, but God wasn't finished with him. Uh, I believe that while he was down at that prison house, he repented. And one of the main reasons for that belief is because of what happens in verse 28 and 29 when he calls out in prayer to the Lord. And uh, another is the fact that uh, Samson is included in the Faith Hall of Fame, uh, Hebrews 11.32, just mentions that he was a person of faith. Well, we see his faith here. He cried out to the Lord to use him this one last time, and he trusted the Lord and gave it his all, and uh, the Lord used him. Um, Now, God has a way of dealing with sin. Um, he, he wants us to confess. I mean, First John one nine. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now that word confess there, conf- uh, if we confess our sins, means to say the same thing. We, to, we say the same thing about our sin as what God says about it. We can't undo the consequences of sin, but we can restore our fellowship with God. Amen. We can restore our fellowship with God, and that's important. Verse 30 says that Samson killed more Philistines in death than he had in life. Uh, That is simply a fact. 
That's not an endorsement of the choices he had made in life. I'm sure he could have been used in greater ways had he not done what he, what he chose to do. But this final chapter in Samson's life says so much more to us about the grace of God than it does about the strength of Samson. So let's learn these three lessons. When tempted with moral failure, don't give in. Number two, if we're experiencing the consequences of our moral failure, don't get bitter with God. And number three, if, we, if we've failed, there can be, still be hope for our future. Amen. Well, that's our Bible study for this evening. And uh, we're going to be picking up um, in chapter number 17, Lord willing, next week. And we're going to see a, a man by the name of Micah. Not the prophet Micah, but a man by the name of Micah. And we're going to see the sad state of affairs uh, in the nation of Israel. It's really bad. I mean, it, uh, we, I, I know we've seen some bad things already, but it's, we, we're, going to see, we're going to see some bad things here in the, in the weeks to come. All right, that's our Bible study for this evening. Let's pull back out our prayer list. We'll pray for the needs, and we dismiss with this prayer.